What's up, guys? Welcome to a special episode number 105 of Beef's Beef. Uh, I have a special guest with me today, but first I'm going to, like always, let you guys know that we are sponsored by Century Mortgage. Uh, make sure you contact our friend Crystal Lackey at Century Mortgage. Uh, she said the rates are really good right now if you need a refinance, if you need a mortgage, anything, make sure you contact her. You can hit her up on the phone at 502-615-0743 or online at centurymortgage.com backslash clackey. Again, it's 502-615-0743 or centurymortgage.com backslash clackey. Uh, as always, Century Mortgage is an equal housing lender. MLS number 3925, Crystal Lackey, MLS number 1735979. So with me today, I got former Jim Thorpe winner, 2014 unanimous, unanimous All-American, co-NCAA record holder for most interceptions in a season with 14 in 2014, Gerard Holloman. How's it going, Gerard? It's going pretty good. How you doing? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Thanks again for meeting me here and you know doing the interview um it's crazy we were just talking about how we met and just walked by at O'Shea's one day and I was like Gerard Holliman yes sir yeah so two weeks into the season though you had the Monday night game against Notre Dame then the game this past Saturday what's your thoughts on on uh, the Louisville football team so far uh my thoughts they're, they're gonna be great honestly uh as you can see the first game they put up a real good fight in the in the first half they Pretty much were winning most of the game. They just had to eliminate the turnovers, and as you can see against EKU, it, they really picked the pace up a little bit. Of course, the defense came to play, which I like to see. Hell of a shutout. Yeah, I mean, if I mean, it, it, can you think of what the game would have been like had Puma not had those three turnovers? Oh man, I, I really think we would have won the game, honestly. We're not trying to say that that was the reason we lost the game, but. Uh, it was something that they had to work on, and they they, they took care of the next week. Yeah, because you you don't never like to to put losses on one single player because it's it's the entire game. Right, it's the entire game for sure. But those were definitely in some key spots, and it was just I mean it was mishaps. But I mean he came back, sold it in in week two, started picking apart their defense. Granted, it was Eastern Kentucky, but you got another one coming up this weekend in uh, in Nashville, which hopefully we'll get the meet up for that one. And, uh, you know, stay settled in and then stay focused and go down to Tallahassee and hopefully beat Florida State because they do not look very good right now. They don't. So, I mean, I know you graduated or, or you left in 20, what, 2017? Uh, or no, I guess 14. it was 20, 2015. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, do you still go back and work out at UofL? Yes, I still work out with the football team, uh, mostly weight training. Uh, I live with the guys. They – they were very big physical guys, so I'm glad. I'd just be glad I could keep up with them <laughs> at my age now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you see Mekhi Becton on the football field. I'm sure you see him in the weight room. I mean, that dude is huge. Yeah, he's a beast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right now, I mean, it looks like he's probably a first-round pick if he keeps playing like this. Yeah. I mean, he's putting this offensive line on his back and just pushing us through. So – uh, have you had any interactions with the new coaching staff? Because I know you played under Coach Strong and, and Petrino, but you didn't obviously play under the staff that's there now. Do you have, have you had any interactions with the new coaching staff? Uh, I met the new coaching staff when they got here. Uh, that's one of the big reasons why I'm back working out with the team. They they welcome me with open arms. They love when the players come back. I feel just like I did 
back when I came in as a freshman, like they're very, it's like a warming, warming, a warming welcome yeah. that they give me. Also, Coach Brown was one of the uh, GAs at Ole Miss when I was committed to them. So, me and him got a little pass. Nice. How, how do you think? I mean, just with your certain interactions, I guess, or as many interactions as you've had, what do you think the future looks like with with the Louisville football program under the under the helm of Satterfield and Company? Um, and even just back from what he what they that coaching staff has done at Appalachian State, the program they built there uh, is 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 really big, and and I'm glad to see they have continued success down there. But just coming back to a bigger program uh, where a lot of kids want to come more. And I'm not saying Appalachian State is not not important, but yeah. Louisville's on the bigger stage, so it, it'll bring in bigger athletes. Uh, on a national level type, so and he's a great recruiting coach. So uh, we can look forward to them doing big things in their future. Yeah, I mean, you think about the recruiting class he has so far right now. Granted, they won't finish in the top twenty, right? But that's where they're at right now. You're probably thinking a thirty-five to forty, which is, I mean, which is good, especially Still good. your first right. full season recruiting. Yeah, so I mean, like you just mentioned, you were committed to Ole Miss, and it's crazy to it's crazy that I learned stuff like that. When I'm doing research on people, because mm-hmm. I didn't know that until I researched uh, stuff on you, what what made you change your mind to end up coming to Louisville? Uh, man, a lot of things played into that. Uh, mostly, just being well connected with my friends, the guys that I grew up with, and all of us wanting to be on the same net, collegiate level together on the same team. Uh, Louisville kind of was really one of the schools that had was the best fit for us, and. What else also helped as when I was committed to Ole Miss, Coach Houston uh, got fired, the head coach. Yeah. So it was pretty much a clear-cut uh, Louisville choice, really. So was that, I guess, when they hired Hugh Freeze after that? Uh, I'm not sure who became the new. Athlete, but once once I, the coaches that I were pretty much talking to and comfortable with, once they – where once they announced that they wasn't going to be there, it was pretty much a dead end for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm done with that. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> so, I mean, when you when you originally were supposed to be here, it was 2011. 2011. I mean, that class, if you think back to that class, I mean, guys like Teddy, Devontae Parker, Eli Rogers, who we were just talking about last night with that game, uh, Jamon Brown. What 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 happened that season, though, that helped you, that held you back from kind of getting here that season? Uh, pretty much just academics, uh, things like uh, accumulated and weighted GPA, things that that is more important uh, when when you when you talk about uh, Division One football and being a student athlete, you have there have there is a a, level, a certain level that you're uh, required to be at as far as with your your weighted your unweighted GPA and with the test scores, and mine didn't match at the time, so I had to improve my grade and also improve my test scores. Here's here's a little fun fact for you that I don't know if you knew until, um, you know, I sent you some of these questions. Did you know that it, according to 247 Sports Composite Rankings, you're the fifth highest rated recruit that Lowell's ever gotten? No, nah, man, that's really big. I knew I, had, I didn't know that until we talked earlier. Yeah. That's, that's pretty exciting. Uh, so you went to uh, prep at Milford Academy for one season before uh, honoring your earlier commitment, like like we were just talking about to Louisville. Uh, what was your one year like there? Oh, man, it was tough. It was 
pretty much all it's all football school where they focus strictly on football sports and academics and like the coaches I had there they were great they were they were they're pretty much hard on everyone who were there who was trying to people who were earning scholarships and who were earning test scores uh they really they kept us on the right path they they helped us do better on test scores everybody that year were they improved they improved their test scores their their GPAs and pretty much everybody got a scholarship to some school to an extent so it's kind of fill me in on what the place is like is it kind of like I mean have you watched the last chance you on Netflix yeah is, I've it, watched is it. it something like that it's or, pretty, is, it, yeah, it's, or it's, is it not as extreme much. as that or I mean I want to say as extreme because they are uh pretty much a national televised uh thing now they got their own Netflix thing but uh we played quality talent like we played Wagner, Robert Morris, and schools like those. Oh, so you all played, like, actual colleges. Yeah, we played colleges. But, you know, most of those teams have – they have, like, a – I don't know what they call it, a JV team or – Oh, okay. Or, like, a, a rookie or freshman team or something. But we played those type of schools who have those teams. Yeah, so you picked Louisville over places like Cincinnati, like we just mentioned, Ole Miss – West Virginia, Kansas State, Tennessee, Nebraska, Minnesota, Maryland, and even a couple other places. Uh, which visit would you say was your favorite visit? We'll say other than Louisville, because obviously Louisville was one of your favorite ones. Uh, they were one of my favorite, but my most favorite visit was Ole Miss. Ole Miss was the 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 place for me. Honestly, that's what I fell in love with Ole Miss because of like the things that I've seen, the campus uh, outside of. The KKK stuff that you see, yeah. but just so, I mean that stuff is, is prevalent still now, even around the campus and stuff. Uh, uh, word of mouth mostly, yeah. but you know, you do see. I, I did see some stuff, but it, it wasn't like it was in the now as far as like it, something happened to me personally. But yeah. it's just like okay, I see. Uh, like one of the little heads on the floor, like the little mask they wear. Yeah, someone like you saw that on your visit. Before. Yeah, but jeez, <laughs> that's and that must to me that tells me how great of a visit that was to know that even though you saw something like that, that you still fell in love with that place. Right. I mean that that tells me a whole lot about how great of a visit that really was. Yeah, it was pretty epic. So that one being your favorite, which one was your least favorite? Uh, my least favorite, honestly, I had to go with uh, West Virginia, honestly, just because it was it was it was I I was expecting it to be new, like something I've never seen before. But at the same time, it was way off from what I was expecting, and and on top of me coming in, it was snowing. That was actually the, my you, first you visit. You coming from Miami? You're right. Like, no. <laughs> that that was the first time I actually seen snow. So it's like it's not all bad, but it was not like like Ole Miss or Louisville yeah. at the time. So it's like, especially with the traveling, you know, you have to fly into Cincinnati, then you got to drive like an hour and a half to Morgantown, and so it's just like, I didn't oh see, man, I didn't know that. I figured there'd be a closer. Airport yeah, today. they they didn't they don't have they don't have an airport 
in the in their city is so small. But I mean, I did have fun with a couple of guys there. Yeah. So was there a place that you almost committed to other than Louisville and Ole Miss? Yeah, I, I almost committed to LSU. LSU was one of the one of the teams who we were all considering going to as far as the guys that that were in my recruiting class from my city. So you're talking like Teddy all, Bridge, like Teddy, Eli, Eli Rogers, yeah, Calvin Pryor, and all them. Well, not Calvin Pryor. Uh, I didn't meet Calvin until I got to Louisville, but like Teddy Bridgewater, Eli Rogers, Andrew Johnson, uh, B.J. DeBose, guys who played on like our South Florida Express All Star Travel Team. I, the thing I always remember about Andrew Johnson is playing at West Virginia. When he blocked that field goal, because it's funny, the Jews brought up West Virginia, he blocks that field goal and runs it back, and then he blows kisses to the crowd. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, if he only knew, like, how ruthless those people were, I'm sure uh-huh. he oh, did. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, Andrew Johnson was my best friend. He was committed to West Virginia with me as well. We uh, we both were – well, not committed to – he was committed to Ole Miss with me as well. And we also went on our visit to West Virginia at the same time. So we, they, West Virginia knew we were going to be going to the same school, mm-hmm. and that was one of the, you know, before, like our junior year. West Virginia was one of the schools that was in consideration, which is why I chose to take one of my visits there. But like that was, it's, it was a big deal for me and for him. So I mean, having all those offers, especially from some of those bigger schools, like you just mentioned, West Virginia and Tennessee and Nebraska. I mean, did anybody ever try to offer you anything? I mean, you don't have to name the school, obviously, but you always hear stuff about like, oh yeah, here here's a hundred dollar handshake or here's a car. Or how, did anybody ever try to offer you anything like that? Oh uh, no, not 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 me personally, but I know I know schools that that have done that to to players who I associate with, but. I mean, that's all here to say, honestly, for like, me. Like, <laughs> you're talking, like, cars and stuff that they're giving people? Uh, I wouldn't. I, I, don't know, I don't know about cars and stuff, but I know as far as money and stuff, like, I know that does go on. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's obvious. It's, what's crazy is, is you have all this stuff that's coming out about basketball. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you it's a thousand times worth of football. No, I'm pretty because sure Because football's it is. the big moneymaker at all these schools. Right. So you know these big name boosters are, are are doing like we were just talking about. They're giving something. Yeah, most definitely. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. Especially these places that are just turning around so fast. Like you take a look at, I mean, look at Alabama. Alabama wasn't a doormat or anything, but once Nick Saban got there, it's like now no one's beating them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of the top programs and since I was in elementary, honestly, like, since middle school, I mean, not elementary, but yeah. uh, since middle school, they've been one of the top programs and consistently at the top. Um, I'm pretty sure I don't want to put no oh, no, no spotlight on them, but, yeah. I mean, maybe it's a big chance. It's a big possibility that they're one of the schools. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, what was it that stuck about stuck out about Louisville, not just one time, but obviously twice? Uh. Because you, I, you, honestly, you see I, guys that go to those prep schools and then they'll end up not st- not honoring their commitment. So right, that was one of the things for me. Even as far as because uh, I didn't get recruited by Alabama coming out of high school, uh, they had uh, what's his name, Ha Ha Clint Dix, who yeah. I met at the U.S. Army All American Game. 
uh, because my roommate was D Hart. There's one of his close friends. He uh, he was committed to them since since we came into our senior year in high school. He was already he was number one safety coming. Out. I was number two behind him, and he was already. Had, had that position on lock, so I feel like they wasn't recruiting safeties that much uh, from there. But when I went to prep school, I did receive a scholarship from them, Toledo, a couple other schools. Uh, it was tough, really. When seeing that Alabama scholarship, it's it like, man. Yeah. But all my friends, all my friends at Louisville now, like I wish we all could have had this this same type of situation in in high school, honestly. But, I mean, everything plays out for a reason. But seeing that scholarship, I was like, okay, I am worthy enough to be at a top program like Alabama just by seeing the scholarship. But at the same time, I wanted to stay loyal to Louisville and to my friends who chose to, to go to Louisville with me as well. Is it something that you kind of look back on, like, man, I kind of wish I would have made that decision, or are you still happy with your decision to come to Louisville? I mean, I'm still happy with my decision to come to Louisville because I have, I've had some great experiences. Also, it, it's a possibility that I probably would never have broken the record just because of just being in the SEC rather than the ACC or passing league. Mm-hmm. Then you got the uh, SEC who's pretty much – most of the teams are pro style. Them all pretty much, uh, but I mean Louisville was the best decision. Uh, I got to play with my friends. I also got a chance to tie the record yeah. and meet a lot of new people. So speaking on playing with your friends, how how was it playing pretty much at Miami North, but <laughs> playing a thousand miles north of where you're from with pretty much all of your best friends? Oh man, it honestly it felt like home. Really, because everybody I hang with is from Miami. So, well, no, not more so Miami, but Florida, my uh, Miami. You got Fort Lauderdale, all everywhere, Homestead. But just being around those guys, I felt at home, especially with the the coaching staff that we had at the time. Most of them, oh, the the coaching staff that I hung around were from Florida. So, I pretty much felt at home. They took care of us. So you played on. You, so you played on an all-star team with all of those players that you just named just a minute ago. Yes, and more. <laughs> I mean, it's – did you all lose a game? Uh, no, nah, we didn't. We, we actually won undefeated uh, our last year. Our first year we lost. Our junior year in high school, we lost in the championship game. And then we came back our senior year and we, we won the championship. So, I mean, I'm guessing Amari Cooper was on that team as well because didn't he play with Teddy in high school? He played with Teddy in high school, but he didn't play. He was younger, so uh, he didn't he didn't play. He he wasn't old enough to play on our team at the time because he was much younger. Uh, the youngest person we had on our team was, uh, I want to say, A- his name was Avery. It's either Avery or Dion Bush. Uh, Dion's with Chicago Bears. Yeah, the one, or the he Dion. caught an interception in the preseason, two interceptions actually. Okay. And yeah, one of them was a pick six. So nice. So I mean, it's pretty cool to see all that. I mean, I feel like it. Honestly, it's only a matter of time before you break back in somewhere. Right. I, I we just got to find the you just got to find the right situation. But so when you came up here, what was, what was going through your mind when you you get up here, you finally get on campus? It's like man, it's been a year. I just finally getting up here. Go all the way through camp, and then you hurt your shoulder three games into the season. Well, with the the, the shoulder injury, 
it was something that happened in in high school. Honestly, it was I had I messed it up my junior year, and in high school I had the it used it pop out of place every night. Every time I if I jerk my arms like to go up for an interception or try to route for a tackle, it was something that became a serious problem. And then I became accustomed to playing a certain type of way to keep it from coming out. And that honestly molded my game, like kind of in the. I want to. Don't want to say that I became less of a tackler, but I became more of a like a a coverage safety. And it, it, it was no like I still. Everybody back home know that I could tackle. I was a big hitter in in high school. I was uh, like more so molded my game behind Sean Taylor. Uh, growing up, yeah. but once I got once I got to Louisville, they asked, they helped me with the with the surgery. I, I I went through. They they knew about the injury before I came in. They already told me don't do don't worry about the shoulder. Just stick it out. Through uh, this is after my senior year. Once I already committed, and when I was at the prep school. They told me don't worry about it. Uh, once I got it, once I actually came to Louisville, they'll take care of it. Yeah. So I mean, that me way you're personally, on insurance and stuff, right? And you don't gotta pay for anything. Mm-hmm, right, me personally, I wouldn't be able to afford it anyway. So, and they they pretty much helped me out. So that's, that's great. I mean, I, I guess it's kind of almost like you were saying earlier. Everything happens for a reason, and that's mm-hmm. not, that makes me like that coaching staff even more because I already love that coaching staff anyway. Right. But to know the fact that they tell a guy like, "Hey, we know about your shoulder hurt." I know it's gonna suck, but stick it out. We'll get this surgery paid for once you get here and once you're on our insurance. Right. So, did you technically hurt your shoulder then, or was it? Uh, I I. Or did it you was, hurt it more? It was like a, a lingering injury. So, like when I go to make tackles, certain tackles, like in certain positions, like if I'm to making the head-on tackles, it, it, I, I would be good. It's it's those where guys are running away. I got to make diving tackles or. My arm get jerk get jerks out of the wrong place. Like that happened against North Carolina, uh, the first kickoff of the game, and I was the hit the league uh, gunner on our kickoff team because we had a a flying we had a flying uh, I don't know what to call it but flying like V almost? like a pretty much like a flying V and I was the head guy in the front. I will always be the first one down because I got the first head start. And just so happened I was uncovered and I was able to go and make the play. And on the play, my shoulder popped out of place. And it was stuck. But when it, get, when it comes out, it sticks out for just like a second or two. And then it'll pop back in like naturally just from it coming out so much in and out. Like I know how I, I learned how to, to make it pop back in on its own. And it'll just it'll be like a little stinger for about about two minutes, mm. and then I'll be back ready. So did that one pop back in? Yeah, it went back in, but it just also at the same time I was playing behind Calvin Pryor. Me personally, I was like I I didn't want to waste my year. I was only playing special teams anyway, so I was just like I didn't want to waste my year just playing special teams because I wasn't really getting the no playing time at the time. Uh, as a as a safety or nickel or corner at all, so I I just chose to to get the medical 
when, when I had the time to do so. Because if I had played another game, I wouldn't have been eligible to even get a medical reserve. Yes, I mean, are you glad they made that decision now to where you could play four games in Richard? Like you wish that was around when you were playing? Yeah, that that it's, it was it was around when I was playing. Well, uh, I think it was, it was three. A percentage, right? it's, yeah, it's a percentage of of your of, of the games, which is pretty much three or four games already. I, I believe it's three. It was three, but they probably raised it up to four. Yeah, it's four games now for sure because I, I know we played a few guys last year and at four games. Uh, Jamie mm-hmm. Hawkins, the running back now, he played in three or four games last year and he got the red shirt. Right, yeah. Because I, I also, even after the North Carolina game, I played I, I play all the way up to FIU. So it wasn't like – uh, that was oh it happened that game and I set out after that game. Nah, I, after FIU game, it really much it became a business decision for me on my on my behalf because I'm I I had an injury a true injury but mm-hmm. that wasn't what was causing me from playing. Yeah. It was me being behind a first round draft pick. Yeah. So I rather keep my year, let him lose a year, and. I have more years to be great. So, I mean, did you just go to the coaching staff and tell them that? Uh, I didn't go to the coaching staff. Uh, it was something that I, I I came together with the 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 training staff, and and we were trying to figure out would I be able to get a year before I actually made a decision on it. And they were telling me, uh, in order for it to happen, I would have to stop playing at this game, and we would have to do treatment and. And do like we have to list down everything that we've done, showing that you do have an injury, just so that, it, and it was still going to be a chance that I might not get the the medical redshirt. But luckily, I was granted it. Once the year ended, they uh, I, I received notifi- notification that that I was granted the year back. How much of a relief was that? Because I'm sure that was like, man, I really hope I didn't sit out this whole year for nothing. I mean, because you were going to have to I mean, get the surgery at some point anyway. Right. I, by this time, I had already did the surgery. I, I just was – I was recovering back from it. And it just – that one time is where it happened again. But it wasn't – like, I could tell from from the surgery where it helped out a lot because it didn't pop out. It's just – it was just like – it went numb for a second. But – I mean, I was good from there. I mean, that's nuts for me to think about. You like, because I mean, I again, I never played anywhere close to the a level of you have in any sport at all. Mm-hmm. But just thinking to the fact that you're like, oh, it was okay because it only went numb for a second instead of popping out of place. Like, so you went through that every time you made a an a, a not a head on tackle. Every yeah. it would go numb for a couple seconds every time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's nuts to think. I mean, about. yeah, it's nuts when you think about it now. Like yeah. when I think about it now, okay, maybe it was a big deal, but at the time, like it, I've been doing it since high school, so it pretty much, it, I became accustomed to it. Like I'm not, I'm not scared of pain. Just like I'm, I, I kind of like pain, honestly, to a certain extent. Not no paralyzation type yeah, pain. Oh, yeah, like, but I mean, certain stuff, it, it doesn't bother me. It's just, I mean, that does show the toughness differentiate or the differentiating of toughness when it comes to different sports. I mean, different football is the next level, and I, right. I never played football. 
I, I always wanted to, but just wasn't in the cards for me, I guess. But, I mean, just hearing that, it's like, man, it's nuts. <laughs> it's nuts to even think about it. Like, oh, yeah, it just goes numb. And it's, I guess, like, it's all nonchalant. So, I mean, your sophomore season, you played on an absolutely loaded team. That it, it, feel, it feels great to say this because I know my buddy's going to listen to this and he's a Florida fan. <laughs> and, you all, and you all did what you all did to Florida in the Sugar Bowl. What, what, um, and what, I mean, what did you take from your experience as a, as a, a then redshirt freshman um, that springboarded you into being a starter for the next season? Oh, man, I just took, I just, honestly, just had to sit and take it all in. It was a great, great moment for, for our team. Also, it was another great experience, uh, especially to beat another hometown team. That way, I, we knocked off every team pretty much from Florida that I could have possibly went to as far as yeah. I, we've beaten USF, we've beaten FIU, we've beaten Florida. Uh, the only team that I personally haven't beat was Florida State. And, I mean, I could live with that, honestly, because Lamar came and handled business and embarrassed them oh, uh, yeah. after, after my time here. So, I mean, that's something I could still brag about, that at least we've, Louisville has a win versus them. So that's something I could brag about. Yeah, I mean, since we've come into the ACC, I think we're 500 now. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we we beat them. We embarrassed them, actually, right. with Lamar. <laughs> and then the next season we beat them in Tallahassee mm-hmm. in a game that we weren't supposed to win. Right. Now, they beat us last year, but that's like one of those ones where mm-hmm. which yeah, may end up happening I mean, this year for them. Who knows? Right. I, I don't know how much longer Taggart's going to be there, man. I think oh, the writer's man, on the wall He's on the hot guy. seat right now, honestly, because – that it's a winning program and they like winning. And to be fighting for five hundred is not acceptable for that league. Way too many athletes down there to be playing the way they are. Exactly. They they get they. When you think about Florida and all the recruits that come out of Florida, Florida State is one of the top teams that can steal all those athletes that that want to stay home, uh, in battle with Miami as far as recruiting wise, but. They they have the top athletes come in and out, and who are willing to go there. They shouldn't be never fighting for five hundred. So back to just a, a question because you're bringing that up there. How, first off, how did Miami let all of you all get out of there? Oh man, Miami. Did none of you all was Miami really like never in the picture for all of you. Um, all? Miami was the number one school for us, honestly. Uh, me and Andrew Johnson, we all we already told Miami before our senior year. Uh, that we wanted to stay home. Teddy, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, Eli Rogers, they were already committed to Miami. Yeah, at I the remember time. Teddy being committed, but I didn't know what, what. I mean, what changed? Was it just this is not the same Miami? I mean, before they decommitted, honestly, I don't know what changed for them personally, so I don't want to speak on that. But I know we all wanted to go to school together, and they were already committed to Miami. Me and Andrew Johnson already came out and said we wanted to go to Miami. Uh, I believe Randy Shannon was the head coach at the time, and he didn't recruit us. Like me personally, he didn't recruit us. Uh, I didn't receive a scholarship from Miami until Coach Al Golden got there. And by the time he got there, I had already were planning on committing to to Ole Miss on, uh, I mean, not to Ole Miss, but to to Louisville at the U.S. Army All-American game. So how long, how long ahead of time did you – did you know that you were going to commit to Louisville before that All-American game? Uh, 
maybe the week of probably or the week not the week of but the week before because I already had to to let everybody at the US Army All American game know that I was gonna commit, what team, what has to put on the table. But the week before I left, because we had the we we were we stayed in San Antonio for a week for practice before the game. Mm-hmm. Uh I just sat down with my family and just talked it over, seeing who was still available, who who was the best choice for me personally and what schools my friends were still deciding on going to. So what was your final ones that were on the table there? Uh, I left West Virginia, Ole Miss, and Louisville. So, yeah, that was – man, that'd be tough to let Ole Miss know, like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go to Louisville now. Yeah, man, I mean, I, I was – I talked with Coach Vaughn, who was the defensive coordinator there at the time. Uh, I told him, honestly, like, it, it's, it's going to be a tough decision. Like, I'm, I'm not specifically counting you guys out. Because I didn't know if he was still going to be there, but I know the head coach wasn't there. That's one of the big decisions. Like he was a part of my recruiting, so I want to make sure I make the right decision. And Louisville was still there from from beginning to end. All the coaching staff was still there, and the program was they were they were getting a lot of recruits, and we all decided to go. So what was it like playing for Vance Bedford, though? Because I remember going to some of those open practices, and that dude was nuts. It was oh, so, man. but it it's was never funny. a dull moment. It's yeah. never a dull moment with Coach Bedford. He's he he's funny. He gets serious. He's he's smart. He he knows offense. He knows defense. He he can put you in the right place, and it just it's just exciting to be around him. His energy that he brings to the table at, at all times, whether we're in meetings, whether we're on the field. Even on the field, he goes out. He uh, he'll run. He'll run. He'll do the same yeah, I things with us. Seen him run drills with players. Right. He yeah. he'll do the drills like most guys. You got the older coaches who who tell you to do this, tell you to run a hundred sprints, but they won't run none themselves and, <laughs> and see what what it feels like. He actually get out there and interact with us. He shows us that he can still do some of those things. He get out there and do one on ones with us and. Uh, in the film room, he he gets serious. He and, and he can he a joke around with us at, at the same time. So it was very exciting to be around him. So I mean, in between your redshirt freshman year and your redshirt sophomore year, Charlie Strong took the job at Texas. That was I mean, I couldn't imagine what it was like for you because it was it was kind of devastating to the fan base because it was like this is a guy we gave a chance. We felt like he was going to stick it out here. Things were I mean, we just beat. We just beat them in the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> Teddy and all you guys are coming back the next year. Yeah, we, we can won. win a, We can win a national title next year. We went. We beat Miami. Yeah, and it was. So, honestly, it was crazy. So he left, took his entire staff, and then in came Coach Bobby Petrino. Like, what was your feeling when you first heard the news? Man, I was hurt. Honestly, just because of simple fact, we were actually playing in, I believe it's the Russell Athletic Bowl, mm-hmm. or. Or the belt bowl. I don't, I don't remember which bowl it was, but we were playing Miami, and before the game, before the game, they were trying to. There, there was already rumors about him not being there. That they were, he was leaving. He did the interview already with the other team with with Texas. We seen that on the news. He didn't tell us that he was going. We we see it on TV. Then he tell us to stay focused. That he's not going nowhere. Uh, we're gonna be good. And then I know Teddy was already telling us that he's going to leave. 
he's uh, just on our personal level. Not he didn't say it nationally, but uh, we knew he was going to leave. Uh, for us to win that game and to go on break and go home, expecting him to come back because that's what he told us, and to see it just to to see it on the headlines that he took the Texas job. And the fact that he was already there, his whole family was already there. Like, they were already moved in and everything by the time I found out. And I was still home. We we were on break. So that is true that he never told you all? He just yeah, left? He, ne- he never told us nothing. He he just left. See, that's the thing that was very – because you and I can both know that Texas is a better job than Louisville. I've been a Louisville right. fan my entire life. Right, yeah. I mean, they they're, I don't want to say a bigger program than us, but they are – they're in the bigger bigger state. They have they have oil they money. Have the, right. They they bring in more money. They have their own television uh, channel. Uh, I mean, it, it was it was big. He got he got a big contract. That that I mean, Coach uh, Tom Jones was ready to pretty much match almost. But the thing, but that was, was the thing that you always heard. But I never had heard had that confirmed. So he just left and never had a meeting with you and told you all he was leaving. Yeah, we never had a meeting and that saying that he was he was going to take the other job. Uh, we didn't get a chance to do none of that. We found out when we were on break and we actually had to come back earlier because we had to meet uh, Coach uh, Petrino. So it was, I mean, obviously just hearing from you saying that, and obviously you obviously weren't really happy about how the situation went. No, of course not. I mean, I mean that's just me personally. I, I've already. I came. I was an All American in high school. Coming in, I'm expecting. They were already telling me I could come in and win the job easily. I knew nothing of Calvin Pryor at the time. He was in my recruiting class, so I mean, I wasn't thinking that this guy was going to be as good as he was. But to come in and they them tell me that I can't win the spot. Even though my production was better than any defensive back that we had, each camp, each each camp that I was there, I had to sit behind another dude. Not not saying that he was better, but not saying that I was better than him, but just uh, as a competitor, knowing that the the type of production I can bring, it's just tough for me to be that type of player and to sit and to sit on the bench. Yeah. So I sat it out. I I took a red shirt to to keep a year. Then I came in. I played second string behind him again. But at least this year, I got a chance to get in a couple games, uh, and then to know that he was he was deciding to leave, and I was I was next up with that coaching staff in that system. Just to hear that the whole coaching staff is going to leave now, I got a new coach who don't know who I am to come in, and I have to start from ground zero again. It was kind of it was it's frustrating. Yeah, I mean, to hear you put it like that, man, because here's the thing that I always try to do because, I, I don't know, I always that's why when we met, I always try to ask you questions about, like, different things with fans. Like, when I asked you how it felt about when fans left early, and you said, in your mind, you're not really paying attention. I try to put myself in your all shoes. Right. Because, one, I played, I, again, I'm not trying to compare anything I ever did to and on the level that you did, but, you know, I played high school sports. I coached right. high school sports. So I, I see those things, and I see what it's like from your perspective. But to hear it like that, like, it's almost like a slap in the face almost from people you thought were 
and, and that's the thing. Pretty like, much it, family. That's yeah, and, and, and the reason why I came in yeah. to for for you to like in the middle of my career where it's most important, especially knowing where us as student athletes, where, where we're trying to get to. Most most athletes, they're coming to college because they know they're trying to get to NFL. So to in order to better ourselves to get to NFL, we have to go through college. And we build those relationships with the coaches who we we look at as family and who is going to help us get to that next level, who, who advertise that they're going to help us get to that next level. And you choose to leave. It's not like you were fired in the midst of it all. You chose to leave us out there on the on the island by ourselves, in the middle of the most important time of our career as far as college. Like, it, it, it didn't sit well by me. I, at the same time, I don't really hold a grudge because has he ever have has he ever reached out to you and apologized? I mean, Did any of you want to apologize? I'm not. I I don't I don't know as far as anybody else. Me personally, no. But I mean, at the same time, I have my own vendetta as, as far as like how I feel and stuff. But that's just a personal emotion for me. Not. I'm pretty sure he didn't see it that way. He didn't. You don't think about everything that goes into those decisions. You you mostly think about the things that are negative and positive for your situation. Yeah. So at the time I'm pretty sure he was only looking at what was good for him and he didn't really realize how it affect most of the players who actually have years pending that 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 he brought in. Yeah, I mean that's that's tough. I mean during any any time during that transition did you ever think about transferring? Oh, a lot. Oh, it was, oh, man, it's crazy. Uh I've been kicked off the team. I've had altercations with players. I had altercations with with coaching staff. But the only time that I told that I was ready to leave, it was because I wasn't playing, and that was just because I was young at the time. I was a freshman, and I'm like, the coaches told me that all to. To be on the field, you have to produce. In camp, I produced. I was always the. I always had the most interceptions every camp. Uh, I mean, I didn't know what more did they want from me as far as what I had to do to get on the field. And even though we had so much talent, it was frustrating to know that. Okay, I led the camp every year, and I'm still second string. And even when that person has to go out, you choose to put someone else in in front of me because you wasn't comfortable or you didn't have enough confidence in me for me to be in the game at a certain time. Yeah. So it was frustrating. It was like, man, I look back like, man, all these offers I had, I could be anywhere playing right now. Every team told me that I could come in and play and to come here and then I had to sit out. I'm not a starter for two years from being, from growing up and always being the face of a team it was kind of tough. You think that's something that a lot of guys face when they go to college that they oh, don't really definitely. realize is going to happen? Most definitely. Uh, every every player, especially when you go in Division One, you get all these top prospects. Most of these guys usually been the t- the, the top kid in their program for for years. I, I wouldn't say it from from high school, from pop little league. Uh, most of these guys always been the the name of their teams. They always had had that. Uh, that status of being a star. So when you put a star on the bench, that mentality, it, th- those emotions sometimes play a big pro- a big role in their career. 
So what what was the biggest like immediate difference you noticed from the coaching staffs? Because I mean, you're just talking about like how how joking and but also energetic and all that stuff Vance Bedford was, and then in comes Todd Grantham with Coach Petrino and all that. What was the biggest difference you you noticed immediately? Uh, the biggest difference I seen was with Coach Petrino, uh, his attitude. He, I guess he wanted to make a prove a point or something, but he always. He always yelled. There never was no, hey, what's up, how you doing? Uh, how's your day going? It was always, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need y'all to produce, produce, produce. So it, it was never no, I never, never got a. building a, a, up a, to tear you down. Right. It, it was never, just like complete teardown all the time. Right. It was always a teardown. So like if, if you heard from them, it was always something bad. You never got praised for doing something good. Until, until the season started, and after the games, that's when we have team meeting the next day. And we go and watch film. They gave us uh, pretty much playmaking shirts where it says the shirt says "punish" on it. For each each big important play that you make, you get you get a shirt. Pretty much what they felt was a key part of the game. You'll get a shirt for those. Those were the only times we we got acknowledged, like personally from him. That we were doing something good, I mean, but practice, everything else, it just was. Oh, why you didn't do this? Why you didn't do that? Uh, I need you to do this. You need to do that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you hear from, him, you did good. Uh, you're supposed to do that. Sit type. So. So, you obviously knew that he was he was coming back. Like this was a guy that had already been here. So, as a Louisville fan, you look at Petrino coming back, and you're like. All right, the offense is about to be good. The defense is about to heavy hit and everything. Like we're about to be back. Did he seem? Because the other, th- but the other thing you always heard as a Louisville fan was because what he he burned Louisville the first time he left. I don't know if you knew how he left. The no, first I time. didn't know. I didn't so, know none of the details of. Just a long story enough. short, we just win the Orange Bowl, first ever BCS bowl game in Louisville history, best team probably Louisville's ever had. He leaves and goes to the Falcons. When he goes to the Falcons, again, this is another one of those things where it's like you don't blame him for taking the job mm-hmm. because that's when they had Michael Vick. Right. Michael Vick gets in trouble for dogfighting. He loses Michael Vick, spurns them, leaves them midseason. After they had just had a terrible record, leaves them, goes to Arkansas. Goes to Arkansas, wrecks a motorcycle, <laughs> <laughs> sits out a couple of years, goes to Western, and then comes back to Louisville. So – but the way he did it was, I'm not going anywhere, kind of like you were saying Charlie was doing to you all. Right. We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. He's sneaking and doing interviews in Indiana with Auburn or doing interviews and stuff like that. So it was like, man, he already burned us once. But then when you bring him back, Jurich was like, you know, we've already talked to him. He's a totally different guy. So hearing the way you're talking right now, it seems like that was never really a th- like he was still the same guy. Uh, the way you put it, as far as from before, I, I didn't know him until he got to Louisville the second time. But uh, pretty much, yeah, I believe he's just still the same guy. Yeah. It was never no, I don't, I didn't see nothing different from what I what I'm here now than from how he was towards me personally. Yeah. So I mean, the first game of your retro sophomore season, you played your hometown team for the second game in a row. Mm-hmm. You all just busted them in the Russell Athletic Bowl, thirty-six to nine, to end the previous year. And then just like the previous season, you had no problem winning and you beat them 30, 
Right. But during that game, you picked off Brad Kaya, which I always thought was funny that his mom was Felicia from, from Friday. Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that still cracks me up to think about. Um, which started a trend that uh, that didn't stop until game number six of you picking off the other team's quarterback. What changed from the previous season that led you to reading the other team's uh, quarterback so well? Uh, honestly, I took the same preparation, but uh, I, I, I pretty much grew up being that guy who caught a lot of interceptions. If you, even if you go back to my junior year in high school, I was second on the team with interceptions. The only person who had more interceptions than me that year was Andrew Johnson, who was my best friend, who uh, who played free safety, the position that I played now. I was a nickelback at the time. He he caught seven interceptions. I caught four. Then we switched positions uh, my senior year and put me at free safety. He moved to corner. He mostly was an offensive guy. But I believe he caught three interceptions, and I caught 12. So <laughs> yeah. it, Sounds like you had a good defensive coordinator down there, too. Right, yeah. They, he was pretty much like a father figure for me. He he really took care of me down there. Uh, coming in, in the intercamp, I always led the team in the Going back to that, I always led it. Each year, I've been accustomed to, to doing those type of things. It's just – I could, didn't get a chance to showcase it my freshman and well, register. Do you think that also had something to do with it, too? It was like, okay, you're going to leave me like that. I'm going to show you what you said on the bench for two years. I mean, honestly, once the new coaching staff came in, everything, the grudge and everything from Coach Coach, uh, Coach Strong, it all went out the window, honestly. It, it, was, it was then, it was done. I couldn't do nothing about it. We don't play them. So it's nothing that I could do personally. To, to get revenge towards him. But for me personally, it was just – it was something that I had to do. And even then, but going through it with Coach Petrino, uh, it was his personal – he took it upon himself to make sure that I wasn't a starter, even my redshirt sophomore year. I didn't start until, like, maybe the sixth game. And Coach Strong – I mean, Coach Grantham was a big part of the reason why I was so successful because – he knew what type of athlete I was. He understand that Coach Petrino is the head coach. He has to pretty much do what he says somewhat to a certain extent. That's one of the reasons why I love him so much. He he got into it with Coach uh, Petrino so, so much. He was not the type of coach to to back down or, or take uh, being yelled at by Coach Petrino. He was not the type to just take it and, and do whatever that Coach Petrino wanted. He was he did what was best for the defense and what was gonna make the defense successful. Yeah, okay, you tell him like he listened to a certain extent. Like Coach Pacino didn't want me to start. Okay, I don't start on paper, but we yeah. come out of the nickel package. So even though I'm not the starting safety, now I'm the starting nickel. But you put me at safety and move the other safety to nickel. So I'm still in the starting rotation as far as if the, if the personnel is perfect for the situation, if a team come out in pro personnel, like with two tight ends or something, of course I can't be in the game just because I'm not the starter. But Coach, Coach Grantham found ways to get me in the game, get me involved in, in the defense. I mean, what was his personal buy, or his personal thing with you that he didn't want to make you a starter? Uh, honestly, not really sure. I know we got into it. Uh, he didn't like the fact that, uh, 
I was black. I I was when we first met. I had I wear. Everybody knows me. I have gold teeth. Uh, it's something that I've always had since I was a junior in, in high school. And and Coach Strong them recruited me. They knew that I had them, and they recruited me still. They loved me the same the same way. They never tried to make me change. Uh, for the most part, uh, I guess he could. He didn't sit well with it. I also. In the practices, uh, one of the practices I got, I ended up injuring my leg, but I, I fought through. But I wasn't playing to the level that Coach Petrino believed I could play. So we didn't have, we didn't meet eye to eye because he pretty much wanted me to play at a certain level that I couldn't play at at, the, at that time. But me being team player, I stayed out there because we we lacked uh, depth and. If I were to sit out, that means more reps had to be a burden on somebody else to take yeah. care of my reps, knowing that I was going to be in the game more than them. And I, I was never the type of player to 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 sit out of practice and let people practice and then take all the reps in the game. Like, if I'm going to play in the game, I'm going to play in practice as well. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, so he did he feel like you were milking something that wasn't really there? Uh, I mean, per, Probably. Yeah, he probably felt that way. But at the same time, you feel that way, my my defensive coordinator, my position coach, uh, coach coach Greg Brown. He they they know what they knew what was going on. They were pretty much there for every speculation of it. The training staff they knew what was going on. Coach Petrino didn't really make it his his. Uh, so was he just not around? He wasn't. To, he wasn't around. Like they I mean, were? he was at the practices and stuff, but he was never on the defensive side. He was always with the offense, so he don't really know, like, what's going on. He didn't really know that all, all he sees is when we come together as a team, if we're doing, like, a full scrimmage or or full practice, and they throw a bomb across the field, and I got to run all the way to the other side of the field with an injured leg, it, it's going to show. You can't hide it no more. Like, if we're doing seven-on-seven, seven, you put me in the post safety. I mean, if I'm just playing in the middle of the field, like, you can't really tell. I'm moving backwards. You don't know how fast I'm going at that time. So, like, he wasn't there with me every step of the way through my injury to know what was going on. He just see what he saw and, and took it how he wanted to take it. And he said what he said that, that he felt was best for his team as far yeah. as keeping me. So, the next two games you pick off guys that are now NFL starters. Mm-hmm. One of them being Jacoby Brissett for NC State, who now starts with the Colts. The other one being Jameis, the, the future number one pick, Jameis Winston for Florida State. But speaking on that Florida State game, I remember that game very well. I was I was at Bear Nose in New Albany, and I believe it was on Halloween Eve. Mm-hmm. And we had a what, – what was the – first off, what was the atmosphere like in the in the stadium that night? Oh, man, the fans there, they were so loud. It was rowdy. I loved it. We, we brought out the new jerseys yeah, that we were jerseys. so excited to wear. Uh, the team was so hyped, and just coming out, we know we're playing the team who's who's been escaping games in the in the fourth quarter for the last three four weeks, however long there that streak went on, and knowing that they can be beat, and we had the the talent to beat them, and we also were just getting Devontae Parker back into our offense. Man, we were so excited. Every everything was going right so far for that for the most part. So you guys were uh, not to bring up. Sour grapes, because I'm sure that game is probably one of the games that you remember. Going back in your time at Louisville, it's like, man, I really don't like talking about. It, I'm sure, nah. but y'all were up 24-7 in that game before eventually they came back and won 42-31. First, like, 
when was the first time during that game you were like, man, we gotta we gotta do something, buckle down because I can feel this slipping away. Uh, we were still up by 20, 20, 24 to seven at the time. It, uh, coming out of halftime, we know we we witnessed and watched them week in and week out come in and play better in the second half. Like we were satisfied as players, we wasn't satisfied that we were up by so much. We were expecting to be up. We were expecting to win the game. It was no oh they're better than us. Uh, they're expecting to win. We just gonna. Keep it close. No, we're, we're expecting be happy to upset. With being up 24/7 right. Just stop. Yeah. No, we were expecting to win the game, and we knew they were going to come out and play better in the second half. I don't know. Honestly, don't really know what happened, but uh, they got a lot of big plays on offense uh, due to some miscommunications on our defense, and we became pretty much, pretty much, we weren't blitzing as much as in the second half. Uh, we weren't as as aggressive. And that was one of the reasons why they actually started breaking, uh, uh, cutting into the lead. Yeah. So I mean, is that is that probably the thing you think could have changed the, the outcome? I guess is if you would have kept up the pressure on Winston because oh, Winston, definitely. even you see him now, he's still errant with some he's of his still, passes. He still, had the, I believe, he's going to throw the most interceptions. He's a risk taker, honestly. So uh, when he has his mind set up, it's it's pretty much set up. He He's a good athlete, but he just sometimes make bad decisions. And in the NFL, most of the guys are going to take they're going to take advantage of it. They're going to capitalize off of it. And high, in college, it really didn't. It was they're not. It's not so much as top athletes that you're going up against at each single position, but uh, you see it affect him more and more in the NFL. And even though he it it. it it happened in college as well. Like, Pete, you should, you got to see that he was throwing interceptions to people who weren't really, it, it was no reason why they should have been caught in the interception. Yeah. So, so when after that season and he gets drafted number one, how did it feel knowing that you picked him off twice in the game? I mean, it felt good. I got bragging rights for, for a certain extent on him. Like, he, he can say that he beat me. But at the same time, I can say I caught two interceptions off him. So, it, it makes me look better as a – Defensive player, and he 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 got the win on the great defensive player. So we we both got one hand up on each other. Also, he uh he forced a fumble on me, so pretty, he pretty much got the upper hand on me still. But I mean, it's it's good bragging right rights to uh to say that I've I picked up the number one draft pick twice. So you go a little bit later in the season, and then came the career night that kind of like. I remember thinking at this point, like, dude, he could break the record pretty easy. So, you go at Boston College, it's November 8, 2014, where you, you just have, you know, kind of like LeBron and, and Dwayne Wade, you know, not just one, not two, jet three picks against Boston College. Mm-hmm. What kind of zone were you in that game? I mean, Explain it the best you can because I'm sure it's like something that's hard, kind of hard to explain. But what kind of zone did you have to be in to just to pick a guy off three times? Man, first off, I know that was the coldest game we were playing in. It was crazy. <laughs> I I could see my breath on the bus. We not even <laughs> out. We not even outside yet. I could see my breath. Uh, but. I mean, the first interception that game, I, it was first play of the game. 
and we had the wrong personnel in, and I was stuck at corner. Haven't played corner all year, but I was stuck in corner because they you, came you out. I haven't played corner really since you were in high school. Uh, I I played in the 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 bowl game against Miami when we played them. That I only, I only played corner that game because one of our players went down. Yeah. Uh, but that year I, they never wanted me at nickel. They never wanted me at corner. They always wanted me as the the post safety to the cover side. And they didn't even want me playing strong safety. So they never wanted me to be down in the box. They mostly wanted me back deep and helping over top. To be stuck at corner the first play of the game, I was like, oh, man, we about to, we already starting the game off wrong. We know we're coming up against a pretty good team, who's, who's and we got the wrong personnel on the field. The first play, they come out, and they didn't run the ball. <laughs> they threw, They went to a play action, and – the dude ran the double. He tried to run a double move on me. He ran like a post corner, and the quarterback threw an errant throw. And I believe it was James Burgess who tipped the tipped the pass. To, that was the only reason why I was able to get intercepted because the throw was so bad. By James Burgess tipping the ball up, it gave me time to run up under it. And catch the interception at the first play. I was like, man, it's about to be a long day. <laughs> I was excited. Uh, it, it is, especially coming into the game. I believe I was. I wasn't even leading at the at the time. Uh, one of my close friends, Sinquez, goes and he uh, he played at Ole Miss. He was. Uh, I was supposed to play with him. He, uh, I believe, he had already had ten interceptions at the time. I think we were tied at the time, and that's and he they actually put your name on. If 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 I have ten and the other person come and get ten, they'll put he's the leader now over me because he's he's the new front runner. He I believe he had just called an inception to end the game with Alabama, I believe, just to know like man I'm tied with him. I I got to come out here and ball. Yeah. I, I'm not leading no more. And to come out first play and get that in the session, man, it was like, oh yeah, I'm about I'm about to do something great. And even that game, I was supposed to have four interceptions. I actually dropped more. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been nuts to have four interceptions in one game. Mm, well, not is. only that, because then you think later in the season you would have actually broken the record. Right. So the next game was on uh, was on the road. I was actually lucky enough to attend that one. Mm-hmm. It was in South Bend, which that game so. <laughs> I went to the Notre Dame game, and you're telling me that the Boston College game was colder than that. Man, the Boston College game was colder than that. I mean, because that game is South Bend. That, that that's a so that's a close that's a close comparison, honestly. But I guess I can say South Bend kind of was colder after the, after the first play. Once I caught the inception, you know, you don't really it, the the weather changes, and once you while you're on the field, you don't really once you get into a zone. Nothing else really matters until like, like I can hit and the weather not be a factor until uh, somebody step on your toes. That's the worst <laughs> feeling ever, especially when it's cold. When somebody step on your feet, I swear. But South Bend was a pretty. That, that's a good comparison. Because I was, I mean, I remember I was wearing long johns. I was wearing. Two hoodies, and I was wearing bib overalls <laughs> with a Carhartt over top of that. 
Oh, I'm pretty sure I had almost the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I, I was dying, man. But so it's crazy, man, because I don't know. I mean, I'm a little bit older than you, but growing up, you, you see Notre Dame everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're all over TV. They're always, they have, like Texas, they're always on NBC. They always got that station. Right. You hear their tradition, all the great players and all the people that's played for them in the past and stuff. Explain the feeling of not only beating Notre Dame, but beating them in that stadium. Because me just walking in as a fan, I was like, this is where Rudy played. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, man, it was a great feeling. Honestly, they had a great atmosphere out there. Uh but our team, we were on the mission. Like, we already missed out on the couple games that we were supposed to win as far as Florida State, as far as Virginia, as far as, like, like teams we shouldn't even even lost to. Like, those are games we were out, we were without, not for the Florida State, but, like, Virginia, we were without uh, Devontae Parker yeah. for most of the, for the first couple games. Our offense was struggling most of the games, like Clemson, uh, we were without without our star wide receiver, so it's like man, we gotta make up. Like yeah. we're we're behind the eight ball. We still trying. We still believe that we had a chance to win national championship if we came out and beat uh and and embarrassed a couple teams. So that was our mission. So at the like I said, I was at that game. So when that guy missed that field goal at the end, if that net wouldn't have been there. <laughs> gonna write my hands. That's how I was pretty close, man. It was, that was awesome seeing that. Mm. So a little bit after that, first I gotta ask you this: Do you, because I know you said you went to their game the other day. You being a Louisville player, do you hate UK athletics as much as the fans do? Uh, I mean, I just like football. I, UK, honestly. I don't really have an emotion for them. They win, they win. They lose, they lose. Unless they're playing us. That's the only time I really have a, a different type of emotion for them. If they go on the losing, if if I root for them to lose every game and then they play us and they lose and they have a losing record, okay, well, we're supposed to do that. If they go out and beat every team that – that they play and they come in and 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 we go out and beat them, that that's bad. That looks better for us personally and yeah. collegially as well. So if they beat Florida, whoop, that's good for them. If we beat them, that says that pretty much says like we don't play Florida. So, but we beat a team that beat Florida. So it it looks better on on our record and for our program as far as them going on the losing streak and we just beating the losing team. That's true. So something you always kind of heard as a fan with Petrino was he had a lot of distaste for that for the University of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Was it something he spoke on a lot? Uh, no, nah, he didn't really speak on not Not with us. It was more so we spoke on whatever team was playing that week. And just to see that type of energy come up out of him, especially as far as with the brawl and stuff that, that happened before the game. And you, you see where him and the other coach got into it. Uh, it. It brought energy to the team. Like, that's something the team feeds off of, that type of energy. Were you involved in that fight? Uh, personally, I, I didn't throw no blows. But I did push people. Like, yeah. But that's just uh, one of the dudes who I pushed was 
one of my close friends, actually, uh, Bud Dupree. He, we, me and him had met through one of my former teammates, uh, Aaron Epps. They were they grew up in high school together. Uh, we went up at one weekend. We went up to to Lexington, and I ended up staying at Bud's house uh, on on the, in, at the dorm. Uh, we stayed the weekend up there, and we went out. We partied. We went to Bud's house. We stayed the night. Came back to Louisville the next day. Uh, That's crazy. Does that happen a lot? Uh, I'm pretty sure it does. I mean, those it's not like it's not like uh, it's a gang of blood versus Crips. So yeah. it's not like I mean, pretty much everybody they probably know each other. They're friends. Uh, UK recruits from Florida, just like Louisville recruits from Florida. They probably they probably have friends on the other team as well. So like even when I was there, I had friends. I had friends that were that played for them. So I mean. The relationship between us not going to change because of the rivalry. Of course, we want to win, but I'm not going to beef with my friend because of uh, a collegiate rivalry. Yeah. So, what started the entire fight? Uh, you know, just emotions, probably. Uh, you know, we come out for warm ups. Everybody come out with beefy, like they they about to do something. Oh, we about to knock y'all heads off type atmosphere and. Words probably were exchanged, and people took it, would take it the wrong way. I don't want to say take it the wrong way, but they take it as a, to 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 get the team motivated. And one of the things that got the team hype was the brawl. So and then to have your coach back you up is another great thing. We're something we never even seen from him. Like we were always got yelled at, and for you to finally stick up for us, that that's an extra, that's extra energy, extra motivation for us to go out and fight hard for you. Yeah. So that game started out well for them and not for us. Right. <laughs> they started out the game, what, 13 to nothing? Yeah. And then Reggie went down. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking back to that game, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, not the not the crap on Kyle Bone, but we just really hadn't seen him. Right. And it was like, if we're going to win this game, we have to have Reggie playing. Oh yeah, that's definitely. what we thought. That's what we thought. That, yeah, that that's pretty much the feel that you 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 get. It's because especially on Cowboys only being in and practices, but me personally, I've seen what Kyle Bowling can do. Only thing that I was I'm skeptical about him is he's not he's not a a, a scrambler. He's not yeah. he's not the guy that you expect to to leave the pocket and go and like like Reggie who can who can scramble. And take a take a play for thirty, forty yards. That's not what you expect out of Kyle Bowling, especially at, at the young age that he was. And yeah, he was a retro freshman, right? But what made it even better is he was from Lexington. True, that, it, that's but that's a, that's another thing. So like now you're playing against your hometown, your hometown team, uh, a school you didn't go to, and you got a chip on your shoulder. You you are expecting to go out and dominate against. This is you. You have a, your own personal vendetta to help you be a good player against another team. So that was a, that's something that that also could have been took from it as far as from the coaching standpoint. So was there when when Reggie went down? Was there kind of was there any doubt starting to creep in, especially already being down thirteen to nothing? Uh, honestly, no, not really, because we had. Honestly, we we had Devonte Parker back for our offense. So, I mean, me uh, personally, I feel like all you got to do is throw the ball to. And that's to what Devontae. he did, really. <laughs> he literally just <laughs> like threw the ball up to him. Once, just find ways to get Devonte open. He was he was our our biggest player 
as far as I mean, we still had other great athletes like we had Michael Lee, we had Eli, we had all these Michael guys. Lee Harris, man. You speak on him because like, I mean he's from down there where you're from too. Right. I remember watching Michael Lee his freshman year. That guy was the most crisp route runner I'd ever seen. Oh, most definitely. And he has great hands. It made me so sad to watch how injury riddled his career mm-hmm. was because it was like that dude. We talk about guys like Eli Rogers or Devontae Parker. We would have been talking about him too. Exactly. That that guy was such a good player, and it, I remember because he was my favorite player when he came in here because mm-hmm. I saw him. I was like, "Who is that?" And I was like, <laughs> oh, "Oh, Michael Lee Harris. Yeah, that dude can play." And then he tears his. What did he tear his ACL tears twice? ACL both legs. And, and it's. And I mean, meniscus, I'm sure it was tough that, to see uh, that uh, meniscus tear. Everything he. Yeah, he didn't do it so much, man. It's, it's just crazy. It, it sucks. He was also one of the big reasons why we turned interest to Louisville. Man, I mean, of course, the coaches, they came out. But, you feel me, every team's going to. And just knowing we got a guy that's already there who who reached out to Teddy, actually, while we were at uh, at one of the games. He called, he called him and told him, like, you need to get up here. Like, I need you here type thing. And – his name rung so many bells back home from Miami Northwestern. He was the type of guy who no no defensive back wanted to go up against. And, and you talk about Chris Brown running, man. He's been doing that since probably before high school even. High school, he was nobody. Nobody wanted to guard him. Like that, when you hear Northwestern, you think of uh, Michael Lee. Oh, man, we got to go up against Michael Lee. Uh, they had another guy, uh, Tommy Streeter. But those guys were – Excellent wide receivers. So was Northwestern kind of like the the big team down there? I guess. Uh, yeah, they had their run. They they were like around my era. They were pretty much the team to beat. Who you were expecting to beat? We didn't play them throughout the season. I, I only played them one time in high school because we wouldn't see them until the third round of the playoffs. Just because we were in different divisions, different sides. So. Uh, in order for us to meet, we both have to make it to the third round. And my sophomore year was my first year playing corner in high school. I was a sophomore, and that was I, I played on, and my team wasn't that good. So it was we were playing against this high power uh, offense, and I'm going up against. I believe uh, Michael Lee was the wide receiver at the time. I think I, I played him and covered him. My first year, and the first thing they did was went right at me. The the first two plays were hitches right to my side, and we played cover three. They they wanted to be seven yards off. He ran two two hitches. They got the ball, made the tackle both times. Third down, they ran the hitch and go. <laughs> so it was like, luckily, uh, the uh, Teddy overthrew it. So that was uh, a plus for me, and we got up out of that situation. But. They still ended up beating us. Uh, it was a real close game. So that and that's one of the ways that I, I met him. It was kind of like what it was like. Okay, this dude can play. Yeah, and then that's I, that went on to, for me to meet Eli and telling him because after that year, our sophomore year, our junior year, we went to play at South Florida Express, uh, a seven oh seven All Star Travel Team. So, long story short of that game, back to the the Kentucky game. Kyle Bowen leads leads the team back. Uh, scored 21 points in the second quarter, seven in the third, and 16 in the fourth. 
including the drive that gave Louisville the, the lead 44-40, which is the eventual final score with 247 left in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. But the biggest key, the reason I'm bringing that up, was something that you did that sealed the victory. You picked off Patrick Tolles to get, to get the ball back to seal the win. First off, explain the feeling of getting the interception to seal a game. I mean, just first off, just to seal a game, it has to feel good. Oh, yeah, it definitely feel good, especially for as far as uh, knowing I'm about to get ready to hold this trophy up at the end of the, oh, yeah. the, end of the game. But it also, it's my last game. Uh, so did you already far, know that was going to be your last game? I mean, pretty pretty much. I mean, as far as like, my last game of regular season, uh, I pretty much knew. I know I had another game to play, but – I mean, at the time, I'm just, I'm just speaking on as far as my last game of the regular season. I still got bowl game to think about where I'm going, yeah. if I'm going to leave or stay. But just knowing that I just sealed the game off in the Governor's Cup against my rival team in my home, in my not hometown, but in our backyard in Papa John Cardinal Stadium, it was just, it was epic for real. So at the time when you picked that up, did you know that that tied the NCAA record? Oh, yeah, I knew. So I, I already that's knew. the other thing, man. Like, you had to know, like, oh, got it, just seal the game, just beat Kentucky, and I tied the NCAA record all in one. Oh yeah, I already knew. But coming into the game, I knew I needed one to to tie, and I needed two to break. And honestly, it it was a relief because if we go back into earlier in that game, I actually already tied it. I had caught a one hand interception in the back of the end zone. And it got called back because Terrell Floyd had got a pass interference on him with a receiver who was out of bounds. Mm. They threw a flag on on our corner, and they were not even near because they they ran like a a reverse pass and a trick play. They ran the trick play to try and score, and and the the wide receiver ended up throwing the ball off the grass, and I caught an interception. They threw the flag on us and gave them the ball back, and then the UK decided to kick the field goal. <laughs> so it was like, man, I just, they, I just missed. I felt like then I just missed my opportunity for the record. I'm like, this, this not, I'm not gonna get this chance again. And me growing up, I know you don't get too many opportunities at yeah. interceptions. That's why you, yeah, you don't play Boston College every day, right? <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, and plus, people already knew who I was. That's even going back to the Notre Dame game when they did the interview with the quarterback. Uh, he made the emphasis to 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 let everybody know that he's going to be checking to see where I'm at and making sure he don't throw the ball to my side, like stuff like that. It it plays with your head a little bit, especially when you you have a goal like mine to to break a record and knowing I'm this close from getting it and. I'm pretty sure the other team knows that I'm this close to get it, and they're not trying to be that yeah. person to get it broke on them. It's like, man, I might not get this chance again. So after that, you mentioned, or after that season, like you said, you you decided to forego the rest of your career at Louisville and then go to the NFL. I explained the pre-draft process. Like, what was the combine like? I mean, because you see video of it on TV, but like, mm. how like, like how, how tough was the combine? Oh uh, man, it was, uh, tough. Uh, I want It was. It was tiring, honestly, because you have so many events, so many things they have lined up for you to do. You got testing. You got uh, 
they have like like trivia. You got interviews. You have that, and this this is all outside of the actual workouts that you have to yeah. do on the last day. Like we were there for like two three days, and you 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 got to go through physical. You got to go through physicals, and then this is with every team. You got to go through the whole team, their own personal doctors, everybody. You got to lay on the table. Everybody got to pull you turn your body certain type of ways. Everybody knows your injuries. Everybody knows your past. Everybody know what what hurts you and what takes you and and they try to they they work on those certain areas just to make sure that you're actually healthy and stuff more than what your tra- actual training would do because of the simple fact they want to make sure that they they are uh, protect you right. Right. So it's like Man, it beats it puts a toll on your body. Honestly, after that day, my body was sore, and I didn't even run a sprint. <laughs> so, would you say that the the meetings part was tougher than the actual combine? Uh, the meetings, yeah. Or, I, I or mean, because like me the, personally, the, the entire me thing personally, right it was my tough. I only can speak for me, but for personally, because I didn't, I didn't do anything besides the the uh, the bench press when I went to the combine. I had a, a hamstring problem that occurred like the day before, just off of trying to to make sure everything was on point. And I overworked the hamstring the day before, and it sucked because that day I had a lot of meetings. We had to go up. We were walking around so much. Had uh, walk upstairs, walk downstairs. Had to walk all over the place just to <laughs> go your to leg the front like it's gonna fall off. Right. And it, it it started the tear it wear and tear on my leg. And it was like by the time the next day came, like, cause I didn't tear it, but the strain on it was so bad to where I feel like if I tried to do my best, of course and I I wanted to do my best, I, I was gonna leave a poor performance. And that's not what you want to do, especially on national television when oh, you yeah. got a whole you got the whole world looking, and every team in the NFL looking. Yeah. So did did any of the front offices ask any weird questions? Oh uh, yeah, you get weird questions all the time. Like, uh, it's hard to pinpoint some, but I believe I got a question like, uh, they 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 showed me like some pins thing. I forget I forget how what the question was. But it was like off the wall. It had nothing to do with football, nothing yeah. to do with life or nothing. They just like what type of pen would you choose or something. Just right <laughs> in the middle of an interview, we talk about football. Like he asking me, what would I do on this play? And then you stop and you go and ask, what type of pen would I use? <laughs> like it, it, it kind of throws you off. But at the same time, I guess it, it, it just sees where your head is. I mean, it might be just a, a distraction mechanism because then you come back to talking about football. Like, they'll stop in the middle of it and start talking about life, like how, my childhood. Then they go back and tell me to draw up this defense that we just talked about, stuff like that. And they do, like, the memory thing. As far as remember these, uh, like, paper, pencil, pen. Like, you say that, and then we go talk about something else. Like, so we'll do the interview and we'll talk, and then you come back and say, "Oh, what were those three words that uh, we told you to remember?" Oh, uh, yeah, paper, pencil, pen. What was the What was the third word we told you to remember? Yeah, like <laughs> just like weird stuff yeah. like that. Like, cause you hear stuff like, "Oh, if your mother was 
had cancer, what who would you call first? Like weird stuff. Like yeah. not necessarily I've heard that question asked. Yeah, but, like, but just, just in that hear, sense. Like, like what? What does that matter to how I'm going to play football? Why don't you ask me what defense we should play in this? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't know. Which so you've had to. I'm sure you didn't visit with every team. No, or, not not every single team, but. I'd say at least ninety percent of them. So, which which visit was your favorite of the of the NFL teams? Uh, honestly, I'd say the most memorable one was with with the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders in Tampa Bay, honestly, I, I'd say Tampa Bay was because I got to meet. With, with Coach Levy Smith and his son, who was the the defensive back coach, uh, they they were they were there, and we pretty much just they we like a uh, personal life type situation, sit back and talk, kick it type thing. They we of course we drew up defenses, and I killed it, but I don't know. I just got that good feel from them and the Raiders. So were there? Were there any teams that you thought were going to take you? Like you, you were like, oh, you I, left the I meeting knew, and you were like, oh yeah, that team's going to take me. I mean, I knew, I knew I did good with Tampa Bay. I knew I did good with uh, with Dallas. I had some speculations that I didn't do good with the Packers. Like they, they were like some teams. They, they, they were bring, they were brought up things where, like, oh. So what what was this? What was your like? It's some place where I missed a tackle, or my team like our defense had the wrong assignment, and we messed up on defense. Like Clemson game, we was running the defense, and I, we were getting the calls so late, it was so bad. We were getting the calls as the snap going, and guys were so out of place, and. One of our guys, like our nickelback, was supposed to blitz. I was supposed to come down and guard the slot receiver, and he tried to guard the slot receiver. He didn't blitz. So I, I noticed as I'm about to guard him, and I just jog in to replace him, to make him right, to make the defense be right, and to make sure we got to contain on the outside. And I got a, I gave a piss poor rush because I was mad at my teammate for messing up the defense. So the you always hear stuff about like the Wonderlick test and everything and like how just like the questions and everything it's hard or it's weird or anything like what did you what, was it as tough as they make it out to be uh the Wonderlick test I I took it I I I, I, I prepared for it, honestly uh my agent was really big on keeping us prepared and, and knowing what was going to happen before but I also am more of a, I say, as a smart defensive back compared to a combine testing defensive back. Like, yeah. So knowledge is pretty much a strong suit for me. Like I, I know plays, I can draw defense, I, I can remember everything. And the Wonderlick test, it, it based like math skills, and it's that those are some things that I am actually good at. So the test for me personally was a strong suit. So that that's that's the same as you put me instead of doing combine drills, we actually go out and do seven on seven and you see me actually guarding people and doing my assignment as far as 
putting me on, on the line and trying to run a 40 or putting me on under a stick and seeing how high I could jump off two feet. Yeah. Like, I, those are things that I would excel at over combine test. It's fun to me because you see guys like DK Metcalf, one of the most physical specimens you'll ever see, but it didn't do anything really at Ole Miss. Right. And then you see guys like, just trying to think of somebody just offhand, that really wasn't like a physical specimen that or Tom Brady. We'll go Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, sixth round, was a backup quarterback at Michigan. Now he's arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. Right. Those combine things, yeah, it's great to see guys run, you know, four 240s and everything. At the end of the day, are you going to be able to guard the guy that you're on the other exactly. side of? Exactly. And that's one thing that I wish that the NFL fixed because that's something that it, it it's, it's kind of detrimental to, to, to real athletes, honestly, because, you know, the best person to to play a certain like Tom Brady. If you look at Tom Brady, Tom Brady's not the fastest person on the team. He's not the strongest person on the team. Uh, only I can give him, he may be the smartest person on the team. That's that plays a vital role in the football game. I was never the strongest person on the team. Of course, we have big D linemen, big offensive yeah. linemen who were big, strong. I was never the fastest. We had Corvin Lamb. Uh, Corvin Lamb's one of the fastest Charles people I've ever Gaines, seen. Yeah. All, all these guys ran four, four threes and four twos, and 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 that was something that I know I never could do. I was never the fastest, strongest, but what I can say is I was one of the smartest. I I knew the defense. I knew how to line up. I knew where I needed to be. I knew where the ball was going to go. I knew uh, all those type of things based off watching film and and being. And, and making sure that that I was aware of what other teams like to do to help me be in the right spot. So what did what did Petrino do to help you out with the draft process? Uh, Coach Petrino, I didn't even talk to Coach Petrino at all once I left. We we had an interview uh, before before I made the decision to leave, and he brought in the expert uh, to pretty much. Let every every person who who could leave, every they let every they, they to every junior and and redshirt sophomore who could leave, they let them know, like what were the chances and the the stats and the the history and baseline of people at your position, what they've done, where you would go and why you should come back, why you should leave, and he had a dude come and tell me that I should stay because I didn't have a lot of tackles, and. They were like, yes. They, every every team said they want to pass. They want a a, a defensive back that's going to create turnovers. Uh, a safety that's going to create turnovers. But yeah, everybody that got drafted before me were all tacklers. You want you want guys that can catch footballs and, and give you the ball back. But you go out and get guys who can only stop somebody from getting the first down. Yeah. So and, and with Coach Petrino. That that was the only positive insight that he gave he he did for me as far as bringing the expert in and, and giving me that insight, uh, let me know whether I should leave or not. But Coach Pacino wanted me to come. He wanted me to come back, and at the time I chose not to come. And after that process, I found out that there were there were things said about me, which could only come from him, that I was not a team player, that I was selfish. 
And I feel like he said that because I didn't come back to help him uh, build the program up to be uh, to to bring back that stout defense that we had to keep that that thing rolling. Yeah. And it was kind of vital to to my my draft process because that got around to teams and my agent found that out through personal scouts. So do you think that he – first off, do you think that he – do you think that that expert was a really an expert or do you think that it was somebody that he just knew and he had certain expectations for every player and he told that guy what to tell you all? I'm not really sure. I'm kind of confused on that part. But the dude really – he had – he had all the information, like everything he talked about. He 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 could show it, yeah. and he had a big a big book to show. Like he could tell you that that show where people get drafted, how much money they make, and uh, all the people, the previous people. He had where the the people with the stats from college when they declared, and the stats from when they did it. Uh, he he showed he showed the good and the bad. So I I say I'm pretty sure he probably was an expert. Uh, I'll at least give uh, Petrino the benefit of the doubt on that and say that was that was in my best interest at that time. But once I said that I was going to leave anyway, based even through all those decisions, I found out the the other news. So you think that? Or I mean, it sounds like uh, there's not really any thinking to it. It sounds like he did that as a Kind of a, uh, okay, you're going to leave. Well, I'm going to make sure that you don't do as well on the next side. Right. And even now, like, I, he's never, even the last two years that he he was there after I left, it, all the times that I came back, he never asked how I'm doing, how how's everything going, uh, is there anything I could do to help. Uh, he's never asked to reach out to a team for me or, or anything. So, I, I I really believe that he never had my best interest once I chose to. He didn't have, have my best interest when I was there because he didn't want me to start, even though he knew I was the best player. So, I mean, because you hear all these things, man, especially here recently, of what type of person. I mean, was he really as bad as everybody says he was? Yeah. Nobody, I, nobody that I know actually – could just come right out and say good things about him. Of course, everybody's going to say that he was supposed to be this expert with uh, offense, and but I've never, I've never seen it honestly because the year I come in without Devontae Parker, we didn't have offense. We didn't. I mean, we had Eli Rogers and Michael Lee and all those guys and Kai De La Cruz, uh, but we couldn't get them the ball. We couldn't get them. In, in 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 the uh, right places that that benefit them. Yeah. Like you, Eli needs the ball. Kyle De La Cruz can catch any type of ball. Michael Lee Harris got the best routes on the team, and you you can't get these guys the ball. Like we only we were only scoring like fourteen points in the game for like the first. Besides that small school, we played the second game of the season. We we were we were struggling to score points. So one of the uh, one of the big things that was brought up by the staff that's here now about the the, the staff before was that the players didn't even know where the where Petrino's office was. Did you know where his office was when you were there? Uh, 
Only reason why I knew where Coach Pino's office was because I've been to the office when Coach Strong was there. Uh, me and Coach Strong had a meeting there, and then I knew where Coach Pino's office was because of the incident that me and him got into at the spring game. Uh, not the spring game, but the spring practices that led up to the spring game. He where where he he didn't like my performance when I was injured and I was still practicing and doing things like that. That's the only reason why I knew where. Other than that, I'd never been to his office. That was the only time I've been to his office the whole season. It's like it, you hear, like I keep saying, you hear all these things. I mean, is there is there any example that you have, like when you were there, that you can that can kind of break down for the listeners, like what kind of person he was? Uh. I don't be around long enough to – I try not to be around long enough to even know what type of person he is just based off the type of energy he gives off when I actually have to be around him. Like, other than football, I don't be around him. So – and even when we're on the football field, I don't be around him because he's with the offense. We are separated offense, defense. We, we split the field, and we don't come together until, like, we're doing team stuff. So I have no interactions with him. Period. Like when, let's say, whenever you had that meeting with him after the spring practices and stuff. Mm. Well, I mean, was it just you and him in his office? Yeah, just me and him. Did he treat you differently whenever it was just you and him than it was when everybody else was around? No, nah, I mean, he just had to talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> that, I guess that's different because we actually had to talk. When yeah. we're in the team setting, uh, we don't even speak. He don't speak to me. He don't say what's up. He don't say. He didn't say anything. He didn't acknowledge that he was walking past me. I mean, that's nuts to me to think that someone that's a head football coach doesn't even talk to his own players. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it's different, like, because I was watching, uh, I don't know if you watched The Shop at all, the HBO show, the LeBron no. show. So they had Gronk on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like Gronk and Kevin Hart and a couple other people. And they were asking Gronk about how uh, Bill Belichick is. And he was like, is it true? Like, somebody said that Bill Belichick just walked right past them in there. And he said, something that you have to remember is, we're on the facility all the time because in the NFL it's totally different from you all. Right. You are there, workout, practice, and stuff, but you got to go back and do classes and stuff. The NFL like that's your job. That's where you're at all the time. Like that's where you're going. Mm-hmm. He said we would walk past each other all the time. He's like it's not like he was like that all the time. That's where I feel like it's different with Petrino. It's like yeah, you don't I mean, see these people. I understand what what Grok said, but at the same time, yeah, it's like say how. Okay, we see each other. We're going to say, hey, what's up? How you doing? Yeah. And all that stuff. I'm not going to be obligated to speak to you every time we walk past each Absolutely. other. Of course not. I understand that. But if I go, if I don't see you at all, if, for, if I see you for the first time, like uh, me as a person, I'm going to speak and, yeah. and acknowledge the fact that you're there, that we see each other and all this other stuff. But like to, to just walk past somebody and you haven't seen them, you haven't, this is your first time seeing them for the day or throughout the day at all, period. It, you don't speak. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, to me, it's it's either you just have terrible people skills or you really <laughs> just don't care as a person. Right. And, like, just hearing from the stuff that, like, the stuff that you were just saying, like, how you hear that he badmouthed you to scouts because you didn't come back. To me, it told me that, just it wasn't anything about people skills. It's just he's just not a good person. Right. Like you strictly want this person to come back to benefit you. Right. 
And that's the biggest. That's one of the biggest things with the NCAA. And it's like you're feeding into that anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, you are are making money for some big cash cow that's not helping you all out at all. If you all get hurt in college, it's not helping you. Exactly. And the fact, if anything, that coach should be, man, what do you need? Anything like that? Because it's like their job depends on you, right. which then feeds into a bigger. And it's just it's tough to hear stuff like that, yeah. and that's why it's so kind of refreshing now because you you have like now you have Chris Mack now you have Satterfield and I, it, it feels good to say you're a Louisville fan again almost, right. almost not to say that I was ever ashamed to say that but it's like it's kind of tough when you got okay yeah Petrino's there yeah Patino's there. there's always stuff going on mm-hmm. True. And, and now it's like okay now it feels good to have guys that it's like it seems like they actually care about the players and to see that I mean you didn't even play for Satterfield no I didn't and now he welcomes you there and lets you work out with the team. Mm-hmm. That tells me all that I need to know. Like, that, what kind of guy that is. I mean, to see, we just beat Eastern Kentucky. It's our first win in almost a year. That's not a big win for Louisville. But did you see how the players celebrated? Dumping the ice water on it? Yeah. Because they care. Because they know What's he does. About? And, I, I mean, I hate to see that because it's a, it's a team that I grew up loving. And to see... Just somebody that doesn't really care about the 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 players at all. It's it's tough to hear tough, that stuff. Tough. Mm-hmm. So I mean, did, when when he was coaching, did it ever feel like? Because the other thing is, you always feel like with the second the second go around, it didn't really feel like the same. It felt like he was almost going through the motions to get the money because he just got that fourteen million dollar buyout. Right. I mean, is that what it felt like with you? Always, he was just kind of going through the motions, or did he feel like he actually wanted to win? I mean, for me, uh we had we had one of the top teams. Uh, I mean, we had we had one of the top defense, so we pretty much kept us in games. Like, I mean, winning was something we were we were still accustomed to. So, I in my in my mind, I want to believe that he was he was trying to win still. That it was a big deal, especially for us. I know it was a big deal personally for us to go out and win. It never was a game. That I didn't want to go out and just I just was like oh man I can't wait for this to be over. Yeah. No, I want to go out here and I want to catch it in the and I want to yeah. I want to do this I want to do that. Like I want to be in the game. I want to win the game. I don't like losing at anything. So it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter if you create a game right now. I'm gonna try my best to be the best at it. Yeah. If we were competing, but it definitely felt different. That last year, his last year, uh, it, from outside looking in, like nobody, even the players, they were just like, it was so nonchalant, uh, especially when I went to the Georgia game, Georgia Tech game. Uh, that, just, I was there. It was so tough to watch. It was. It definitely was. I, I was in. I was watching it, and it was like, oh yeah, well they scored again. All right, let's go kick I off. Think they, I think they. I think they just down. scored again just now, actually. It was just it was like sixty two to it was old and all crazy. they did was run they and threw they one ran, pass they, the entire game. It was it was the worst so game I've ever disrespectful. Watched. I, I swear. So you spoke on Grantham earlier and and, and how much you liked it. it. The biggest thing with him when he left was it wasn't that he really wanted to leave 
it was he and Pacino. No, I'm pretty sure him, him and Pacino never got along. They always argued and went, got, went through it when I was here. So I'm pretty sure he, he dealt with him for two more years and longer than I did. So I already know how Coach Grantham is, and I know the the brick wall that Coach Petrino is. And and that's what I love about Coach Grantham. He's not going to – he's not the one that's going to back down. And he's going to – he's going to show his authority as well. Like, yes, I'm a defensive coordinator, you're the head coach, but at the same time, it's still that mutual respect that you got to have for another grown man yeah. who's – Who's trying to help you and help help a program Especially be in successful? Football. Exactly. I mean, I mean, you should have that respect for any man anyway, right? But when you have that in football, he's coaching a complete side of the ball that you're not coaching, right? He's in charge of it. Without him, you're going to lose exactly. And if you can't have respect for somebody like that, especially with, I mean, the guy just had the NCAA record holder for it, for interceptions on there. I mean, the deep that is something I always remember is just. To me, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but to me, a person that never played football, the the defense seemed like to me, let's blitz, let's cause havoc for the quarterback to have deep put you all on an island, but he trusted you all for you all exactly. to go and pick the ball off. Right. That's what it seemed like to me. And uh, definitely yeah, was. Yeah, we some, had sometimes the it was, I mean, it was sometimes it was feast and sometimes it was famine for sure. Mm-hmm. But we were winning games. We were winning exactly. What I mean. The games that we didn't win, it was predominantly because the offense didn't show up. Exactly. So it's like you you want to downgrade a defensive coordinator because okay maybe defense gave up a play. Everybody gets scored on. You go to the NFL, somebody's gonna make a mistake. They made like watching the Chief game the other day. They left uh they left one of my one of my friends that played the Army game with me, Sammy Watkins. They left him wide open. He get jogged in the end zone. It was so bad. Uh, The quarterback. Loaf the ball in the air just to make sure he didn't mess the pass up. It was yeah. nothing where he had to throw a dart, squeeze into traffic or anything. It it was a miscommunication, to a messed up assignment. Every defense is going to have that eventually, but you you try to yell and try to prove your authority whenever every chance you get. That's not making you a great coach. That's just you abusing your power. It seemed to me like a lot of times when you all broke down that year was because you all were on the field so much because the offense wasn't producing. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like you put someone on the field, them, so you're going to get tired. We're going, you're going to get tired. Teams are going to pick up on what you're doing. Exactly. It's, it, the longer you're on the field, the harder it is to just keep disguising, especially trying to hide what you're doing. That These are smart coaches as well. These are smart players who are on the same level as us. They're going to find a way to get in the end zone. Eventually, if you keep if you keep them out there long enough, it doesn't matter what school it is. You could put uh, a a D two or D one AA up against a Division one, like just like New Mexico State uh, against Alabama this year. Like they're gonna find a way to get in the end zone. It's not and yes, you got a high power defense. Doesn't mean you're gonna get a shutout every night. Yeah. So that's why I was impressive to see. I mean, that was Louisville's first shutout since 2013. Right. Uh, Saturday. That's nuts to think about. That's the first time they've had one since 2013. <laughs> yeah, but, it's I mean, hey, it, it doesn't happen very often. And, and, and we had a, and we had a, uh, our defense was ranked number one at one point, and people still found a way to get in the end zone on us. So it, it, it's tough to keep people out of the end zone. So you end up getting drafted uh, by the Pittsburgh Steelers in the seventh round, 239th pick. 
First off, do you think do you think you should have been picked higher? Uh, most definitely. Every player is going to think that uh, just based off what I know, what I can do, and everything that I know that I can bring to the table. All right, let's put it this way then. If you were you were GM, what where do you think you should have been picked in that draft? If you if you pick up if you say okay, I know these things I got to work on. Let's say around like two to four, three to five. Like what what round? Uh, it basically depends. Honestly, it basically depends on the need. If I was a GM, it based on need and what type of defense that I know my defensive coordinator run. If I need like a, a team that need a little free safety based on compared to who need a quarterback. I mean, I know you, you would want to get the quarterback first as yeah. fast as you can, of course. But at the same time, for me to expect to go first, second, or even third round to drop all the way to seven, that that was, to me, it was like a slap in the face, honestly, because of the fact I know that I put so much work in, everything I've done, everything the right way, everything to do and be successful. And to not really have that work uh, show in in the in, in the draft, it just was like a slap in the face, honestly. So I mean, even though it was you were drafted so far back, I mean, was it still pretty cool to hear your name? It's being still, it, yeah, that's that's one thing about it. Uh, even though I was drafted late, uh, just being drafted is just it. It's it's honestly it was an accomplishment for me. Okay, is it also it, God has a mysterious way of working. You you pray to be drafted. You never say what round you want to be drafted. So God has a sense of humor. Like uh, for, I say, I want to go to the Steelers. I like because of the fact that I know they were running this similar similar defense to that I that I, I was running with Coach Grantham. Uh They were short on their DBs. Were not as good, and they had Troy Polamalu. So. That I wanted to play. I wanted to play with him. I mean, growing God, up as a safety, that's got to be one of the people you grow up watching. Right. So it's like, I mean, of course, Sean Taylor's my favorite player, but God rest, God uh, uh, rest in peace. Uh, he was well, unfortunately he's he wasn't in the NFL now when it was my time, and every defense was there. They were pretty loaded. So I mean, I know. With those guys, I wasn't gonna be able to go there, but with uh, Troy Polamalu, there there was there was room for me. There was a chance that I could be with him and, and learn from him and all that stuff. What was he like? I that's the crazy thing. God working mysterious ways. I ended up getting drafted. I never said what Ron wanted. He helped me get drafted. I wanted to break. I won the record. I got the record, but I I share it. <laughs> so it's like you. Yeah, want to be. I I didn't I didn't I didn't want to be. I didn't ask to be the only record holder. I didn't ask to be drafted in the first round. I didn't ask to be a first uh, a high draft pick for the Steelers. I asked to be there, and all those things that I asked for, I forgot. But not the way where it was really beneficial for me. But that's something like when people pray, you gotta understand that's something that you. You gotta take into account. You you ask. Oh, people want to be, people want to be rich. They oh they want. Dude, you don't know what rich is. Rich is not having all the money in the world. That yeah. that's a form of being rich. But being wealthy, you some well of off. I mean, right? you look at some of these wealthy people that end up committing. They're suicide. unhappy. Yeah, like that, that's 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 rich as far as money wise, but that's not what 
that's not what the word rich entirely means. So it's, it's just, just the whole principle of everything. Uh, I get drafted by Steelers. Troy retires. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah, he did so, retire. It's like, oh, man. I didn't ask to play with him. I, I chose that team because he was there. And I got there, but he's gone now. So that I didn't ask to play with him. That That's one of the things that you got to look at when you, when you like praying. Like for most people who are religious, who like to pray and who like to ask for things. Like God, God's going to – I feel like God's there. He's going to be there right on time when you need him. But at the same time, it's not when you want him and how you want him. It's, he works in mysterious ways. So, so I mean, you, you end up getting – Released later that season in September, and then you signed with Tampa, the other team that you mentioned. Uh, what what did your role? What does your role consist of when you sign like a reserve, like future contract uh, or contact contract with a team? Basically, they they sign me in regards to like in the near future. I possibly, I still I have a higher chance than a regular free agent. To, to be on the team, uh, pretty much turns into a uh, practice squad player contract. And that's what I ended up being out on the practice squad. And basically, all I do is practice, do whatever the, um, on, basically I'm like a walk-on now. That That is a, a, a walk-on contract, basically. And basically you're you're with the team, you do what the, what, what the team needs you to do and you're not allowed to travel. You're not allowed to go. You're not allowed to practice certain days. Uh, so it, it, it's it's kind of tough, but at the same time, it's still it's it's better than nothing, honestly. Because yeah. you still you're still active. You're still with team. Other teams can still pick you up from from that practice squad list, uh, and you can be active the next day. So so what I mean. Let's let's go back to the Steelers. What what did they tell you when that meeting happened? Like, they bring you in the office. I'm guessing this is last cuts, mm-hmm. uh, right after camp. What was the reasoning behind letting you go? Uh, I talked to Coach uh, Tober, and he was like, he he told me his biggest thing with me was I didn't catch an interception. But at the same time. Y'all didn't put me in the game. Yeah. Like I, I didn't I didn't we had five games. We played uh we played uh we had the Hall of Fame game to to give us a, a fifth game for preseason. And I played if you put all my time in together, I played one game. And maybe not even one game, probably of three quarters full if you if you take the full time that I was actually in the game. And it's like you put me in the game in the fourth quarter, and we're down ten, and the other team got the ball. Like, they're not gonna throw the ball. They're not throwing the ball. They're yes, they got they got a then they got a rookie. You got a you got a, a like a, a young quarterback uh, on 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 the team. You got a bunch of rookies guys out there. You got guys who who are not veterans, so you're not trying to put them in those situation where they can get hurt or. Or they could jeopardize your win, as for the team win type stuff. So you're gonna you're gonna go and give the ball to the running back. You're gonna run run plays. Every team we played, except for Jacksonville Jaguars, which was the close game we were in, where they had to throw the ball. It was the only game I was able to get production from. 
we had a nice defense, and, and everybody who I was in the game with, we didn't give up any touchdowns when I was in the game. Of course not, because everybody's running the ball. So they just run the clock out playing, run the clock out playing. The, our offense wasn't scoring, so it, it, of course we didn't have Big Ben in when I was when it was my time. So yeah. you you they we're pretty much running the ball too. <laughs> so both teams running the clock out on the last two drives is not beneficial for me as a safety who's trying to catch an interception, who's trying to prove that I can be your coverage safety. I can I can be beneficial to the team. On the, and also I'm on a team where you get. 21 of 22 starters on special teams that return back where I have no room to even become a starter on special teams because the only guy who we replaced was the kicker. <laughs> and y'all traded the kicker to get the dude Barry, who's there now, who's uh, Australian. He was great. He's a great kicker, by the way. He, he can punt the mess out of the ball. But like I had no room to – there was no room for me there. I was on the 15 depth chart on a team that practices one and twos. So it was like, even in practice, there's some practice where I didn't even get a chance to break a sweat because all I did was did special teams. And by the time I sweat, the period was over and it was time to go back to offense defense. So it was like, there's no room for me to, to even to, to, to get an interception or to prove that I was worthy enough. And then my response I got back from my – my defensive back coach was he apologized for for not giving me the proper time to to show what I can do. He 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 said sorry for his his bad his it was his bad for not uh giving you ample chances right, to kinda right, do that, yeah. The proper playing time. And 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 that's my career my whole career you based off of uh, uh, my bad. And people look at the situation as, okay, I play for the Steelers. This is, the, this is Coach Mike Tomlin, the the best well-known player, coach relationship type guy ever. And you look at me being uh, the jumped up winner. He gets you get a chance, and you don't even make the team on the first try. Like you didn't, you don't, you get cut after the first, the first preseason that you're there. Like people look at it and they they're gonna question it. And that's the thing. Like you're the one that's gonna get questioned. They right. don't look they at question it. me. Yeah, they don't about. question the fact that the coach is saying in the behind closed doors, "Man, it's my bad." Like, right? Yeah, you're you getting don't, cut you don't because see I because I messed up. Exactly. You don't see you you don't see none of that. You don't hear nothing. And I'm not gonna be. I wasn't the type of guy to to actually like come out and just be like, "Man, they messed me up. They didn't. They didn't let me play. They. I'm not gonna bad mouth. I wasn't the type of guy who to to bad mouth and let everything be known." Just me personally, but at, at this point now, it's like, okay, I've I've had that question come up a lot of times. Now I think the truth should be known now, yeah. like because people are gonna look at me like, oh man, you what happened to you? Like you you was this good, this that in in, in high school, in part one, in high school, in, in college, college yeah. and and we don't even hear from you no more. Like not even like two years ago, uh, I beat Landon Collins out. Uh, when well, he was at the Giants, I beat him out for the Jim Thorpe. Bro, you really thought you had a chance to win the Jim Thorpe. I had 14 interceptions. You were so mad about the fact that that you didn't win it. I, okay, yes, that was your, your dream. That was my dream, too. I set the same goals you set. We both set the same goals. We both worked hard to, to get where we were. And I had a way better season than you. 
Yeah. So it was like he went on so oh yeah, man, I lost that the jump through they chose to give it to some kid. Some kid, bro, we the same age. I might have been older than you. Because yeah. <laughs> I sat out a year. I was supposed to be in the higher class than you. Like, I would have been a senior the year before. So I, you're talking about some kid. First off, I'm older than you. I had a better season than you. And the only thing you had of me was you went to Alabama and you won a championship. Yeah. And you going to talk about, oh, they give it to some kid who I don't even know what he's even doing right now. He's probably not even playing football anymore. Like, stuff like that, I, you take into consideration. I wish I I, could, I I can find the article, of course. Uh, but that's some things that you look at and be like, but you sit here, you discredited me because of your own personal vendettas and with an a organization who chose the better man. And I'm the one getting looked at in social media. That then they had they wrote my name in the article that I was the dude who won it over him, and he's he's discrediting me and making me look like a certain type of way. But oh, this little this kid won it, and I don't even know who he is type thing. And for for me, I don't even get a chance to even be to be great at something that I do because of. A coach didn't give me the proper playing time. So, I mean, have you had contact with any other NFL teams since Tampa? Uh, I've I've reached out to Pittsburgh. They've told me that they were they had guys and that they were uh they still remember who I am. And if something were to change as far as with the the they they were pretty much full. And if if the, if the people go down, I could possibly be in consideration to come back in. I heard the same thing from Washington as well. They, I, I, uh, I had reached out to them. They say they remember who I am, and if it, it may be possible, but you know that's probably something I'm probably going to hear from every team. That's not my first time hearing that. Like everybody's going to say, if this happened, if this, if that, but nine out of ten, something that has happened is going to happen, and the situation still is going to be the same as far as me, especially. Each year, it's, it's getting worse and worse each year because now I'm sitting out of the NFL each year, and, it, it, and it's getting – right. It's yeah. it's going to be that much harder, especially not even being on team. Like, if I if I were to just get a practice squad, that would be very beneficial for me because can I can show, show that I'm being active. I can – they can tape, tape from practice squad and see that I can I can move around. I can still play. I can still I – I still have knowledge for the game. But – Without any of that, it's so hard, especially trying to play arena, which is like literally they don't even really respect that. So it's just like pointless for me to keep playing arena when you really don't, like 0.01% actually get a chance to be back in the NFL from there. I mean, is the Canadian Football League, do they get any looks either? Is it kind of looked at the same? But the Canadian Football League, they – you only can have so many Americans, and they can't play certain positions. I'm a free safety. We can't play. I can't play my position in Canada. I have to move to linebacker, or I have to move to corner. Yeah. So I can't play free safety in Canada because that's a Canadian position. It's, there's so many weird rules when it comes to 
Like they that's the thing. Sports, yeah, people yeah. don't people don't people don't really know all the rules. They be like, oh, why you don't just go to Kenya? It's not that easy. Yeah. I, you don't think I tried to go work, work out for teams? I've I've done plenty of workouts for Canadian teams. Canadian they they come down here and they take, they come and do all these workouts. They make people pay a hundred dollars for every workout, and you take three people, you you have almost ten thousand people come out and and, and as a, that's just every workout you do before you do your season start. You you bring in over a hundred thousand dollars of U.S. money and take it to Canada, which is three times. Right. Yeah. It, it, you you take you take our money. You take it over there to Canada. Off off workouts where we as athletes think we really got a shot. You I go out and ball and all I get is a letter back saying, "Oh man, we love what you did on the field. We're gonna keep you on our watch list." And you don't bring nobody in. Some teams don't even bring a new person in. They have this whole same team back from last year. <laughs> so, I mean, what, do you have anything on the horizon now? I mean, I guess as far as football goes? Uh, right now, I've been in contact with people from the XFL. Hopefully, this new league, I, I get a clean slate and a, a new chance, a new opportunity. The draft starts October. Uh, hopefully, I get an email back soon to that I will be enter, enter into the draft. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, I get a chance there. Because what's that process like going through that so far? I mean, is it just you reached out, they responded back like, okay, we see your interest, let's just get you in the right. The, I first they I, I reached out. I had to find their contact information. Uh, I reached out to them through the email, and they told me they were going to put me on the list of players that were interested. In. Not as I still have to get into the draft board list. I'm not even on the draft board list yet. But it's a thing where people don't even know that um still interested. It's, it's, it's been that long since I've been out. I mean, I only played arena, which lower-level arena is not really it's pretty much a joke. But people don't understand. People don't know that I'm still pursuing football. Yeah. So I just reached out to them. They know. They put me on the board. Hopefully somebody – Gets it and and take it seriously and, and and bring me in. Well, Gerard, man, I appreciate you coming and doing an interview with me. Um, a lot of good stuff that I didn't know would even come out of the interview, man. That you know, I I'm ready for people to hear, man, because people need to hear your story. I mean, you were telling me about something. I don't want to ruin that, but the, I think that's pretty cool too. What you were telling me about what's going to come out soon. I mean, if you want to talk about that, feel free to the the pub that, man. That, that'd be great to get out. Uh, yeah, I have a uh, documentary coming out, basically about my whole life story, honestly, and everything that I went through, and everything that people, some most people don't really know about, as far as where I've grown up, where everybody look at Miami and and think it's just just this uh, great uh, travel spot, and honestly, it is. But at the same time, that's not all Miami is. That's not the Miami that I grew up in. Yeah, and there's more details. Uh, Hopefully, once we get this thing rolling and get it finished. Yeah, I mean, I saw part of the uh, part of the trailer there, and it. I mean, it looks like it's going to be pretty good just from the clips that I saw. I, I can't <laughs> wait to see it. Uh, uh, most definitely. And I mean, I already told him and told your guy that's recording it, man. Anything you want to take out of this, do it. That's be cool because it's going to get me out too, just like it's going to get you. So, True. Um, but like I said, Gerard, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. It was it was fun. I'm sure I'll see you again soon. I mean, 
hopefully we'll we'll get to hang out this weekend. Cause so I'm, almost I'm looking forward to the trip to Nashville, man. Almost definitely. Um, but guys, hopefully you enjoyed that episode. I thought it was a good one. Um, keep liking, keep sharing. We'll be back again uh, Wednesday, just like normal. So hopefully you guys will enjoy this off the off because normally I don't do episodes on Monday or Tuesday. So okay. uh, exclusive. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is an exclusive for sure. And uh, I have fun doing it, man. It's always fun doing this. So guys, fun. keep liking, keep sharing. Uh, beef out.